RadioInfluence.com. Hey gang, this week's episode of the Real Animals Podcast, I'm super blessed to be joined by one of the members of Florida's first family of fishing, as I like to refer to them, my good friend and uh, bass pro Bobby Lane going to join me on the podcast today. You know, it's not very often that you get to uh, sit and do a conversation with a world champion in any sport. Uh, but in bass fishing, super competitive and uh, very few guys on the planet, only a handful, as a matter of fact, any better than my good friend Bobby Lane, born and raised right here in Lakeland, Florida. Hope you guys enjoy this podcast as much as I'm looking forward to bringing it to you. My good friend Bobby Lane going to join us up here next. Hey gang, welcome to another edition of the Real Animals Podcast presented by my good friends at Contender Boats. Today we are super, super blessed because uh, one of my uh, new friends, I call us new friends, it's uh, been a couple years now that uh, since I met this guy, uh, but just been totally blown away by um, his professionalism, who he is, what he stands for, and uh, super happy to bring you guys uh, one of only two anglers who can claim to be a world champion and a Bassmaster Elite Series winner. He is the 2017 Major League Fishing General Tire World Champion. He's got five major career wins. Listen to this, 66 top 10s, 92 top 20s, almost $2 million in career earnings on tour. And he is with uh, what I like to call the first family of fishing out there in Polk County, Lakeland, Florida's own Bobby Lane. How are you today, buddy? I feel a lot better now, Mike. You make me sound like <laughs> Superman. Hey, I'm glad to be on the show. We finally, uh, after an ICAF show together a few weeks ago, we get to uh, we get to talk about some things today, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, I appreciate your time. I know you guys... Uh, that fish on the bass tour side are very busy guys. Bobby, let's dive into, obviously, born and raised in Lakeland, Florida. You come from a great uh, family of bass fishermen. Uh, again, uh, I've just pulled up. I just Googled Bobby Lane, and, and one of the things was Florida's first family of fishing. Is that, I mean, you guys, obviously, you, your brother Chris, you guys been fishing since you were little kids. Is this a dad thing where he just drug you to the pond and said, figure it out? How would all that get started? Well, I could talk for an hour about it because it's something I'm super excited about. But um, it actually started uh, with my father, of course, and my grandfather. Uh, many, many a trips to the Rodman Reservoir. Um, he had three acres down there, and we stayed in the most, uh, oh, let's see, run-down motorhome, I think, that they ever make. He had a 16-foot hearst with a, with a 75 horse on it, and I can't tell you how many countless hours we spent on Rodman Reservoir bass fishing. And, of course, my dad would take us to Lake Kissimmee where we had some cabins down there and just fished and fished, and that's all we knew how to do was fish, me, my brother Arnie, and my brother Chris. Um, and believe it or not, we were born and raised to throw topwater plugs, the the old devil horse and the old Rapalas and and whatnot, and it made us uh, all of what we are today. We had to learn a lot of things on our own, but I think that's why me and my brother are both world champions. And um, you know, it's nice to nice to see that uh, the youth is is super strong. I mean, from our high school down to our juniors, it's neat to see that those kids are being a lot of them are being raised the right way. And 
Um, you know, me being on the Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour now and leaving next week for the Red Crest, the, the world the championship for the Red Crest. Um, you know, <laughs> it seems like it was yesterday, but really that was 20 years ago. And, and uh, now I have three beautiful kids of my own, and me and my wife are doing the best we can to, to raise these kids right and, and make a future for the kids coming up. Let me let me ask you, Bobby, because I know that, you know, being a saltwater pro on my side of it, um, you know, a lot of people ask me about the freshwater guys. And, you know, I can't imagine for 10 years I fished the Redfish Tournament Trail. You know, I think my busiest year was probably 10 uh, pro events. I think everybody on the planet thinks they want to be a bass tournament professional. But I know, I, I know a little better because I spent a lot of time on the saltwater tour side and was really exhausted after 10 events and just all that time away from home and all the things that go into it, the pre-fishing and the, you know, the working for sponsors and all that. Dive into that a little bit, Bobby. How challenging is it to be you know, a, a top 50, a top 100 guy in the country? You know, people need to realize, you know, that fishing is like the number one participation sport in the country. More people fish than play golf and tennis combined. So with that being said, think about how many anglers there are in the country and how many of them want to be top 50, top 100 guys in the entire country. And here you are, Bobby, doing it for many, many years now at a high level. How hard is that? Well, like you said, your best year was uh, 2010, I think that was some of the toughest times to be a professional bass fisherman. That was when uh, a lot of things went south, just economy and, and fishing in general. Uh, things got tough, you know. I mean, there's a lot of people that make this uh, fishing thing go around. It's not just, uh, uh, you know, the amount of people that fish, but sponsors are a huge player in your game and in my game, freshwater and saltwater. And we all took a a pretty good uh, hit back in 10. But, man, the recovery that it, it has come, now that we're in 2019 is has just been phenomenal and it, it it's it's difficult trust me i had my ups and downs and starting to see a lot more ups than downs now and um i uh i can tell you that it, it was uh i got into bass fishing mike simply because i love to catch those green fish swimming around and it couldn't matter if it was in a five acre pond or if it was in a thousand acre lake or if it was on a on the bfl where i where i first cut my teeth trying to I finished 185th in my very first bass fishing tournament. I'm like, wow, welcome. Let's see how good you really are. And then on to finish second and second and third and then made the regionals and All-American, all the whole nine yards, and just really boosted my career from there. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I grew up catching fish. That's what, It didn't matter if it was freshwater or saltwater. I just loved to fish. We had a house in Anna Maria. Um, at one time, now we got one in Inglewood, and uh, any chance I get to go freshwater fishing or saltwater fishing, I try to do. And I think that's just the way we were raised. And you know, um, I used to hate the cameras, Mike. I hated the cameras. I hated everything about uh, videos. I didn't want to do nothing but catch fish. And uh, it it took me a little while to get over that uh, that fear of mine of the uh, stage fright they call it, I guess. And once I did, it was uh, it just became so natural and. Now that I run the Bobby Lane Cup, and of course we just put on a real nice conservation clinic a few weeks ago after I cast, um, I think uh, the Lord has put me in a good place to be a professional fisherman, to be an example, to be a 
a mentor to these kids coming up. Um, I feel honored to be in my position, and I know my brother has said the exact same thing. Um, my parents are actually in Inglewood right now fishing. I mean, we all just love to fish, but it's uh, it's hard to explain where I was and where I came from and where I am now. Um, and I uh, I couldn't be more happier uh, the way the things have been going for for all of the lanes. Um, you know, we are constantly fighting battles to to keep our waters clean down here in in Florida, and I know you are too, and I think we're starting to finally see a lot of support coming that way, and with the high school fishing now where it's at, and kids are leaving for nationals this week to head up to Kentucky Lake, I mean, it's uh, it's just amazing where it comes from. When I grew up in a a 15-foot fiberglass boat with a pull-horse pull, cord motor on it that didn't start half the time in the live wells you actually had holes in the bottom of it where you would have to get the boat on a plane so the water would shoot up through the holes to recharge or recirculate the fish <laughs> um so here i am now fishing major league where you where i caught uh, a record of 60 bass weighing 95 pounds on table rock just a few months ago it's uh it's unbelievable, and to have a camera in your boat and running streaming live the whole time you're out there, it's it's like, what what's next, you know? I mean, the, the future is so exciting, and I hope my, my voice and the way I'm explaining it is, is that I'm excited about the future for sure, and I hope all everybody listening and all the kids coming up are, are feeling this too. I mean, it's, uh, it is a good time to get involved in fishing and, and be a part of it for sure, fresh and salt water. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Let me ask you, let's talk a little bit. I know that uh, Major League Fishing was a big deal uh, when it when it kind of came on the scene there. Let me ask you, was that was that something that was an easy decision for you? Um, or was it something that you really had that kind of tore at you to make that change in, in the circuit and, you know, to, to climb on board with Major League Fishing? Or was it just like, hey, a no-brainer? The minute they brought it to you, you thought, nope, this is, this is the wave of the future. This is what I'm going to do. How'd that play out? Well, you know, that's a great question. And uh, I've been asked that several times, and I don't have, I probably answer it different every time I get asked that question. But I am uh, or I am one of the original Major League Fishing Cup anglers um, where we started eight years ago. So I was very familiar with the format. I, I uh, finished dead last in the very first event we did in Amistad eight years ago. It was our trial run, and I finished dead last in it. And I'm like, Oh, well, you know, I'm still fishing uh, other circuits and whatnot and was doing well, so I wasn't too concerned. And then I started seeing some success in Major League. I started seeing that, uh, you know, I won the World Championship and I, I won a cup event and qualified for several other cups and whatnot and, and had some success in it. And, uh, you know, it was coming to a time where you have to look and see, you know, what's the best decision that's not just for Bobby Lane but for his family. I mean, what's going to keep my my three kids going, what, what's the best avenue for us as fishermen? And, uh, you know, Major League just seemed like it was new, number one. Um, our, our sponsorship was was climbing very nicely. We had made a lot of big strides. I love the fact that we're catching release back into the lakes for somebody else to go back out there the next day or the next week and catch those same fish where um, you know, I, I think that was uh, a big thing, and conservation is a is a huge thing of mine. I want to preserve what we have and keep clean what we have. So it really was an 
difficult decision because I spent 10 long, hard years at BASS and uh, have no regrets at all. I was, uh, you know, made me who I am today and, and also with Major League making me who I am today. I have no regrets in making that decision. It was not the easiest decision. Um, I would say in the very beginning I was about 70-30, um, and I think my wife was about 50-50, and then we talked and talked and talked, and when it came down to it, um, and we saw uh, the majority was starting to make the move towards Major League, um, you know, that we knew we didn't want to miss out on a great opportunity and just a chance. I mean, you know, this, it was a big career move, but my sponsors were behind me 100% no matter which way I went. So, um, you know, why not take a chance and, and shoot for something that could be better? Right. And so far it is better. So it was, uh, it was a difficult decision, but I feel like after our first year with the Major League Bass Pro Tour, that um, cramming that together as quickly, quick, quickly as we did, um, I think it was a huge success in many ways. Of course, everything has a few bumps down the road, but um, we have – all season now to prepare for 2020 and get excited about um, a new schedule and, uh, you know, a different way to fish things, not just uh, not just go out there and do your same old thing. I mean, we fish some 12 to 8 events. We fish some 6 to 2 events. We can we can kind of do what we want, and we can mix up the lakes a little bit. And I love the, the dynamics of it, and I love the challenge of not always going back to the same bodies of water doing the, doing the same thing at the same time of year. Let's touch base on that because that's where it's funny that you teed me up perfect for where I wanted to go next. You know, so many people ask me about my time on tour and, you know, I, I try to I try to tell them, you know, when I first got into the saltwater tournament scene, I, I was a pretty doggone good angler here on Tampa Bay where we have, you know, tides. And- I'd, say you're still a, I'd say you're still a real, real good angler on Tampa Bay, <laughs> don't uh... Don't don't cut yourself short of that, Mike. <laughs> Appreciate you, brother. But I had I had kind of figured out, you know, the West Coast, Charlotte Harbor, and the tides, and you know, so you're kind of dialed in. And then they start the saltwater tour, and and now you got to you fish your first event in Jacksonville, and you you catch really good fish in a creek, and then you look at your tide chart, and you realize that in about four hours there's going to be zero water in this creek. That every fish has to dump out of this creek back into the river, and and there's eight million creeks, and they all look alike, and they've all got mullet, and they've all got oyster. <laughs> bars and what you know what would make them all come back up the same creek that you were fishing and found them in and you know you go up there and get lumped in your first tournament and you just you know and then you got to go fish mosquito lagoon where there is no tide and the wind's the only thing that moves the water and good god almighty and trying to learn that stuff just in the state of florida bobby was so challenging for me and and what i think about when i think about Bobby Lane and Chris Lane and Shaw Grigsby and Bernie Schultz some of my good friends that are are, are high-end bass pros how on God's green earth do you guys go from <laughs> lakes in Polk County? Then I'm talking to you at ICAST and you just fished an event in my, you know, where I was born and raised in, in Wisconsin. I mean, how do you talk about a difference in water temp and clarity? And I mean, good God, I, I just don't, it amazes me how you guys stay competitive to be the best of the best year in and year out, having to fish so many diverse bodies of water. How do you do that? Well, um, I think God has given me a sixth sense, to be honest. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, that was kind of the way uh, we used to fish Tom Mann Jr.'s fish camp when we were young, young, and you follow Alabama um, and those little pits there, and we did really well. And 
uh, you know, the rumor was that Bobby Lane could catch one out of a mud hole, you know, and my dad <laughs> named me Bobby Humble at that time. And I think he did that knowing that I might have been down the road doing something that was great, you know, who knows what it was going to be. I mean, I owned a lawn service for years and, um, you know, did all kinds of things before I really got into fishing. And, uh, you know, I think what makes makes us a little different than a lot of the angle, other anglers out there is uh, which makes me different. I'm, I'm not too concerned about the other ones because i got to fish against them all the time. But uh, right. it's, I think it's really about having confidence in what you're doing. I mean, you have to be confident in everything you're throwing. Um, you know, you have to go out there and find your own fish. You know, we're on – Nowadays, it's 30 days off limits, a year off limits, no research for the lakes, no nothing. So it's gotten about as fair as possible for uh, professional anglers to attack a body of water like you were just talking about in Winnebago. I went up there completely blind, not knowing anything about those lakes, and almost won that event, finished second, which was a great way to end the Bass Pro Tour. But, um, you know, I went up there and, and fished the way that I like to fish. I didn't get caught up on pure humps and reefs and whatnot I, I went after those large mouth and they were stacked in those days and when i found them i could just uh i could just catch them one after the other there's just that many fish that live up there in wisconsin and uh turned out to be an excellent event for me and i think a great event for major league fishing but um you know i kind of take it back to i love the golf i'm no good at golf but i love the golf i got a good friend that lives down the road from me andy bean and he was a professional golfer yep, sure one Bay Hill and won several other major events, but um, Andy Bean loves to fish now, and he don't like to golf, and it's kind of weird. <laughs> he wants to take me fishing, and I want him to go golfing, and it seems like we can never meet in the middle. But um, it's, uh, you know, golfers can make a 10-foot putt. You know, your Jordan Spieth, your Ricky Fowlers, your McElroy, all these guys, Tiger Woods, they can make a 10-foot putt nine times out of 10. And the reason they can make that putt is simply because they practice it over and over and over again, just constantly doing the same thing over and over. And it makes you build confidence up in what you're doing. And I think that has a lot to do with fishing. I can, I can make that cast that as opposed to a guy that might fish once a month or once a week, whatnot, you know, he might fall eight inches short. And sometimes when you know as well as I do, if you don't hit that redfish eight inches in front of him where the bait sinks, he's not going to turn around to grab it. He wants it in front of him so he can pick it up while he's moving. So, um, you know, things like that, I think, make us better better uh, anglers and make, give us the knowledge and the confidence that we need to go to any body of water that we're approached with, of course, times of year. Once you're established a little bit, you kind of know May might be a shad spawn, or if you run up north, there could still be some fish spawn. And when you get down in Florida lakes, you're looking in February and March and you know, you, you learn these things as you go, and you just kind of keep a mental log. I don't keep a book. I don't really even save too many waypoints anymore. I attack everybody of water brand new and say, what does is, what is Bobby Lane like to do? And how, what, what, on this whole entire hundred miles of river that I'm looking at, what is, where are the fish going to be? And I have to go on my little bit of time I get to practice dissect all that and i run that phoenix and yamaha up and down that lake as fast as it'll possibly go looking at as many things that i can and uh when you find them slow down and catch as many as you possibly can when it's tournament time so i just take that same attitude with me everywhere i go and uh you know it works it it, it works and if you really 
if I had to put it all in between a flipping stick, a frog, and some soft plastics and hard baits and everything else that I have, uh, I mean, Pure Fishing is a huge sponsor of mine, and I couldn't be more happier in the direction that we're going. They give me the, the rods, the reels, the line, the tools, the techniques that I need, uh, fishing tools, not not, uh, <laughs> not not fishing tools, but I'm, I'm with uh, CUDA Tools, which is a phenomenal uh, operation. They got some of the coolest tools for cutting braid and cutting fluorocarbon mono, whatnot. But the tools that I carry in my brain to go out and attack a body of water, it just makes it makes it easier and it makes it fun. When you go a day without catching a bass on a body of water or one, and you can't talk to anybody about how they did, it makes you hungrier and more stronger to go out there the next day and conquer that lake. And when you do find them, there's nothing more rewarding and knowing at least you have something to go on when they uh, put the spotlight on you the next morning and call your boat number. That's when you kind of get excited about making a run somewhere. Well, I can tell you that uh, your father named you well. What'd you say? It was Bobby Humble? Because I yes, got, sir. I got news. Used to call me. Yeah, I get it. And you're still humble, apparently, because I got news <laughs> for you, bro. I'm pretty accurate, okay? I can take, even with a spinning, even with a bait caster, which is not my forte. <laughs> I'm still pretty accurate, and I can do things with a spinning rod that majority of the fishermen out there can't do with a baitcaster. Not you. I know you can do it, but a majority. And I'm here to tell you right now, I was born and raised on the Winnebago chain. We lived on Butamore up there. I, I, I grew yeah, up. Yeah, man, that was I used to, fishing. I used, I, to ride my, I, used, I used to ride my bike a block and a half and fish Lake Winnebago. And I can tell you right now, today, if you put me in a boat on Winnebago, I could not. I wouldn't know where to go catch a bass. We didn't have great bass fishing there when I was a kid. And I, again, dude, I I just don't. You, you know, to me, you guys remind me of great football players. I was in the. I was in a my vehicle one day. I was actually uh, when I first got stationed here in Tampa. I was in the Air Force and uh, I got stationed at McDill, and I had a brand new Mustang GT. So I had a battery issue. So I ran up to uh, Bill Curry Ford on Dale Mabry there, and I was like, hey, I, you know, it's under warranty. I got a little battery issue. And they were like, oh, no problem. We'll put a new battery in it. And there was a gentleman standing there, and he was about the size of a 50-gallon drum, just shredded, about 5'10", maybe 6' foot tall, and he had this really fancy car sitting there next to him. And I heard him telling the guy at, at Bill Curry Ford, he said, I need a ride back to one Buccaneer place. You know, can you... Do you guys have a shuttle or anything? And I was standing there in my uniform, and I said to the guy, I said, hey, uh, I said, I'm going down towards McDill. I'll, I'll drop you off at one buck if you want to lift. He's like, oh, man, that'd be great. Okay, and, and you know, I'm not a small guy. Okay, now this was... Oh, you are not. This is 25, this is 25, 30 years ago. So I, I was not 275, 280 then. I was about 225, 230. We get this, I get this guy in my car. Turns out he's a defensive back. It's training camp, and he's trying to make the Buccaneers roster. And he, he turns and he looks at me and goes, Dang, dude, you're a big guy. You look like you'd make a great tight end in the NFL. At the time, Ron Hall was the tight end for the Buccaneers, who happened to be a monster of a human being. And it dawned on me right then, and it dawned on me while I was listening to you, that that professional football player who plays football at the very highest level does not really understand how far and above Joe football player he is. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like he looked at me and just saw a big guy and thought, man, you look like you'd make a great tight end. I'm like, dude, do you know what planet you're on athletically? 
Bobby Lane, do you know what planet you're on fishing-wise, my friend? Dude, you can't just go put a boat in in a body of water and go catch fish. You guys are sick, bro. The whole lot of you, you and Grigsby and Schultze and the whole lot of you, and even the ones I don't know, Casey Ashley, just the, some of the guys I've met, you know, Van Dam. the whole lot of you guys, just your brother Chris, you guys just blow me away that you can just go to Lake Winnebago in, you know, central Wisconsin, splash your boat and figure out how to catch enough bass to finish second in a tournament. That's unbelievable. <laughs> That's unbelievable, Bobby. That really is. That's really. Uh, well, we went to Winnebago, and then, like you said, Beautimore, and then over to Green Lake. So they mixed it up every day. And, of course, our shotgun round was a blind draw to go to Beautimore and fish. I had never been on that body of water. And, wow, to catch those largemouth and to figure out those smallmouth underneath those docks on the main lake was just phenomenal. Um, and then Green Lake was a completely curveball, crystal clear. You can see 30 foot down and uh, catching all those smallmouth was just, uh, it was a true joy. I mean, it was a great way to end the season. And you're right, you named some tremendous, some tremendous uh, fishermen in this sport. And uh, they'll continue to do really well. And, uh, I, I, you know, Major League has handpicked 80 guys. And trust me, to, to uh, be a part of the group is, is awesome to be chosen, but also to uh, to actually beat a few of them every once in a while just lets you know that, you know, this this is where you belong, for sure. So ma- major I enjoy catching fish, Mike. I really, really do. There's nothing that makes me more excited than, than catching a bass. Yeah, I fully understand it. I fully understand it. So Major League Fishing, that's a ducket thing, right? Didn't Wasn't ducket in kind of on the ground floor with that deal? How did Major League Fishing uh, yeah, come about? Uh, a Gary Klein, uh, what they did is originated a group of investors years ago and said, we want to start something up cool. Um, Jim Wilburn, Don Rucks are involved, of course. We got Randy White with the Outdoor Channel uh, using our production team, and they all got together and said, I got a good idea, guys. And uh, that's what we did. We uh, we started Major League Fishing, and uh, with the powers that those gentlemen have, and now we're partnered with the Outdoor Channel, Sam and you know of course Bass Pro is one of our one of our big sponsors and General Tire and whatnot it's uh I think the 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 whole fishing bass fishing era was ready for a change and uh I don't think they could have come out with it at a better time and you know here we sit now and I'm like I said I'm a week away from heading to the the Red Crest which is the championship and up in uh, La Crosse, Wisconsin, so I'm excited to get up there, hopefully get out of some of this 100-degree humidity that we're dealing with here in Florida. But, uh, yeah. yeah, that's the way Major League originated, and, uh, you know, it's it's neat because you really don't know what to expect at every event. Are they going to are they gonna throw you a curveball, or are they going to keep it the same? You never know, and it really, really makes it exciting. I enjoy that kind of fishing. You know, we, we brought in some guys that have never fished major league before this year. And I'm sure they got a taste of the, got a taste of it. Some of them liked it. Some of them probably didn't like it at the beginning, but I know a lot of them did really well towards the end. So, uh, 2020, everybody will be refreshed and ready to go. And, uh, you know, I'm super excited about that. I got two more cup events. I got a uh, championship left and then, a. Of course, to end the year with a bang, always, we have the, the Bobby Lane Cup at Camp Mac that 
I got confirmation that a guy from Real Animals, Mike Anderson, will be attending the event. So I am super excited about this year's cup and cannot wait to see all the smiles on the on the kids' faces uh, come December 7th um, at Camp Mac. Yeah, we're going to be there. I wanted to dive into that a little bit um, for sure. Um, I'm, I'm super excited about that event. You know, uh, just like you, I, I, I just, I, I scratch myself sometimes and pinch myself and be like, really, dude? I mean, f- you know, 13 seasons of Real Animals TV and to be a saltwater guide here, uh, just 19 years on Tampa Bay and to be able to now do podcasts. And, you know, here I am talking with Bobby Lane. And I just, it, it, to me, it's all mind blowing and, and it's all by the grace of God for sure. Um, and to be able to do that, to be able to come out there, be invited, first of all, be invited to the Bobby Lane Cup, and then to have the opportunity to come out there and just, you know, talk to some of the kids and, and share some of my love of saltwater fishing and freshwater fishing uh, with that group. Um, I'm super, super excited. Bobby, tell us, I mean, how did that whole thing start? What, I mean, what, what drove you to do this, this Bobby Lane Cup and, and, and what, what kind of launched it for you? Yeah, man, it was uh, Eric Boswell from the Bartow uh, fishing team there. He came up and said, we want to uh, name this uh, tournament after you. It's a special event. We have 36 kids that want to be a part of it, um, and we want to do it at Camp Mac. Of course, now it's Camp Mac at Guy Harvey River Resort um, with with Guy Harvey licensing down there and taking over the hotels and whatnot, but... Uh, we gave away Yamaha hats and Yamaha wristbands at the very first event. That's all we had. They gave me about two weeks to prepare for it. And then I said, uh, I told Derek Boswell, the head coach there at Bartow Fishing Team, I said, I want to make this a little bit bigger and better next year. And he goes, I'm all in. And uh, I think the next year we, we bumped it up to maybe uh, 50, 60, 70 kids. And uh, I believe we were able to give out uh, – a thousand dollar scholarship at the second one, and that went to Gabe Geld, um, who uh, had had lost his father recently. And uh, all the kids had nominated Gabe Geld to win our very first scholarship for the Bobby Lane Cup. And now it's been seven years now, going into our eighth year, and we hosted 371 kids last year. Were my numbers, and walked almost 2,000 people through uh, the property there at Camp Mac, and. Um, you know that's how it originated, and we and and we we were donating money to uh, clubs, which we we hope we can continue to do that. But we really got into what what's um, what is our end goal for the Bobby Lane Cup, and it was the the scholarships is what intrigued me the most. I wanted these kids to be able to go off to college and have something to do with fishing. It's a passion of mine, like it is a passion of yours, Mike, and I wanted them to to feel like they could come to a, an event that was uh, realistically free for the most part, walk away with a big, huge bag of goodies, just like I do at the, I did at the Bassmaster Classic, the World Championship, and now, of course, I'm heading to the Red Crest. But um, to be treated like they feel like they're a part of something, and the, and the Cup is kind of a big family. There's so many people that make that thing work. Couldn't do it without every one of them. Uh, volunteers that help with that thing. We have, we got an awesome team, and last year I'm proud to say that we gave away 19 $1,000 scholarships. Um, we met the year before we only gave out nine uh, nine thousand dollars in scholarships, and we we donated a lot rest to the clubs around Tampa and 
Sebring, Osceola, uh, Bartow, Lakeland, I mean, you name it, we helped out every club we possibly could. And we also give a check to every kid that qualifies for nationals to go to Kentucky Lake. And um, last year we were bombarded with scholarship applications, which I told the, told the team, I said, guys, we got an extra $10,000 we got to figure out how to give away uh, this year. And they said, well, let's make it happen. And through all our efforts and, and sponsors' efforts, we were able to raise the money and give that away. And, um, you know, it has just come full circle. What really, really makes my day is uh, I think it was our fourth or fifth year, I believe, Mike, that uh, some of our kids that have a fishing team here at Polk State College actually came that fished the Bobby Lane Cup, graduated high school, went to college, came back and boat captain for kids in the cup. I mean, that was a real, real full circle, uh, something that really meant a lot to me to watch watch them grow up in a, in a fishing uh, atmosphere. Camp Mac is just one of the absolute prettiest places to be in the state of Florida. If you haven't been down there, you need to go down there and check that place out. The giant old oak trees and the just the awesomeness old Florida look that it has to it. But uh, we are starting to prepare for this year. Um, a lot of people are wanting to get involved, and it's real simple, Mike. We, we'll open up registration, and, uh, of course, we give a lot, away, a lot of stuff away to the kids that participate. So, you know, make sure that, um, and you'll hear through 97 Country, of course, and other radios, and yours, Mike, of course. But, um, you know, get signed up as soon as you can so we can get shirt sizes and get all our numbers correct. We give out uh, dates and rods and reels and lures and line, and we have all these people that come present their booths. We give away the ranch units. I mean, it's just an awesome, awesome event. And, uh, you know, for one day in December where the weather's always usually nice, knock on wood, we've dodged several bullets down there in December. But uh, we're really looking for a a blowout year this year in December in December. can't be more excited to uh, have that named after me and and where we've taken it over the years with the help of the coaches like like Derek Boswell and Martin Bozeman and and the, the ones that uh, you know uh, Tom Mahoney his his group of anglers over there in, yeah. in Tampa for all these people to be a part of it we have teams come from Kentucky and Georgia and South Carolina all the way you know Orlando they come from everywhere to support this event and uh, you know it's I, I couldn't. I can't quit talking about it. It just makes me makes me excited, and I uh, I look forward to that event every year. And I know every kid that leaves there is is phenomenal. And if you were to see the trophies that we're deciding on right now for the winners, it will uh, it it'll make you feel like you you've won a world championship, like I have, because there's not a better feeling in the world. Yeah, no doubt about it. I uh, I'm excited. I'm super stoked to be. Uh to be a part of it we're going to be there we're going to be talking about it on the radio shows and promoting it on the real animal social media for sure and again i've got it in my calendar and i can't wait to get out there where's the next so where's the next stop where's bobby lane headed to the red crust cup that's your next one bobby lane is heading to the red crest um i will be at gander outdoors up in uh, lacrosse wisconsin from 12 to 4 next saturday um tips and techniques and clinics up there working uh We'll have the Berkeley uh, tank set up, the whole nine yards, the Berkeley tent. It's a big uh, sales event um, going on up there in, in Wisconsin. And then I will venture over to Spirit Lake, Iowa, for some product innovation on some cool new things that uh, we're working on for the 
for the upcoming years ahead of us, and then I will head to lacrosse, back to lacrosse for prepare for the Red Crest, which will be the top 30 MLF Fast, fast Pro uh, guys that qualified to fish that event. Um, we'll be there in lacrosse. We have a pretty good uh, pretty good deal going on for sure. And like I said, this is all new to us this year. Not new to us, but uh, we, had to, we had to put a lot together this year, and I couldn't be more proud to be a part of Major League Fishing right now. And uh, I, I am super, super excited about 2020 for sure, even though we're just now finishing up 19. I'm, I'm ready, uh, ready to get going on 2020 already and it's not even here yet that's the way uh that's the way our professional fisherman's world works we're already worried about about halfway through the year you start worrying about 2020 and then by july august of 2020 you'll be thinking about 2021 (laughs) i know how it works my friend i cannot tell you uh i can't tell you how much uh you spend a little time with me means to me my brother i really Really appreciate it. I know you guys on the Bass Pro side are just super, super busy. And uh, like I said, I wanted uh, really badly to get you in on the podcast. You're the first Bass Pro that I've been able to uh, get for the uh, Real Animals podcast. We've got quite a few listeners and subscribers now, so uh, I'm sure they're going to be anxious to hear your story and all that you have going on. I wish you the best of luck moving forward with your tournaments as you finish up your year. There you go, Mike. I want to hear, I want to hear, because I love to hear about the saltwater. We were just in Inglewood for a week um, at, at, at a place down there. What's going on in the saltwater? I'm dying to hear what's biting and uh, what to use. I, I love to hear this kind of stuff. Well, I, Especially you know, coming from a guy like you, I'll tell you that uh, um, it's been a little slow. I mean, to tell you the truth, uh, I've got I'm actually fishing tomorrow. I've got some customers out. My Ring Power guys out tomorrow, and I, I kind of warned them. You know, it's it's uh, as you get into July and August, and you know this too from from the the water temp on the freshwater side as well. Water temps are really, really high, 88, 89, 90 degrees, pretty common. And uh, with all of the rain we've had, freshwater, you know, inundating our saltwater fishery and and changing the salinity up real quick the way it has here the last couple of weeks, that's put a little bit of a stress on our fishing. Um, Not that we're not catching some fish, we are, but, you know, and I find it interesting because I say the bite's not great, and that's because... You know, in the spring and into May and even June, you know, we were having 70 snook mornings. So, you okay, know. So you're targeting snook, redfish, trout? Well, right now I'm targeting I'm, I'm targeting mangrove snapper. I'm targeting mackerel. I'm targeting, targeting some deep water trout. Um, I will do some snook fishing probably tomorrow on the beaches. Uh, but even that bite's been a little tough. You got to remember the area that I fished there at Fort DeSoto, um, that area got hit with red tide last year. And we don't have quite the numbers of fish in that estuary that we've had in the past. Um, there's some fish there, and we're catching some fish there. But we're having to, I'm having to run around a lot more, burn a lot more fuel than we have uh, in years past for July and August, I think. So, um, you know, I ran a trip on Monday, and it was, you know, we did okay. But it was pick up a couple here, pick up a couple there. The bite wasn't quite as good on the even the mangrove snapper as I thought it should have been. We had decent moving water. Um, but I, you know, again, it was funny cause I, a, t- a buddy of mine showed up on a pretty popular mackerel spot and we, I, we caught like five mackerel, maybe a half dozen silver trout. And again, I was just trying to bend a rod. It was right at the change of the tide. 
And uh, I called my buddy, and I'm like, you know, he was kind of a long way from home. I'm like, hey, buddy, you know, what are you doing over here? And he's like, I'm doing the same thing you're doing, brother. I'm looking for a bite. <laughs> it's, summer, it's summertime fishing, brother. So you know how yep. it gets when it gets hot. It's summertime. I mean, again, you know, if you watch social media, you know, you there's you can pick up some nice snook, and you can pick up a few redfish, and it just depends on what you're looking to do. You know, what I try to do this time of year is I try to bend the rod. You know, you can go sit on a shoreline and pick up a handful of snook, or I hope to get to an area where there's a lot of Spanish mackerel activity, there's some bluefish activity, there's some small sharks, you know, and try to mix it up and keep the rods bent and have everybody having some fun and instead of kind of just sitting through a, you know, eight or ten snook morning, um, which, you know, you may catch a really big snook, which is a day maker. Anytime you can catch a big snook. But, you know, this time of year, it's just it's just tough. I would honestly tell you um, it's actually uh, August 1st. And uh, I would actually tell you that August is probably my least favorite month to saltwater fish. Uh, other than other than the, the, the mangrove snapper bite that can really, really turn on. My family likes to go mangrove snapper fishing, my wife, my daughters. And uh, so I like to get them on the water. And we do what we call uh, mangrove snapper sliders. We go do a mangrove snapper day and then take a few home and um, get some of uh, those Hawaiian rolls from Publix and put some uh, snapper on there. With uh, My wife makes a, a really uh, a good uh, sauce that she puts on there with some pepper jack cheese and they're delicious. So, you know, August is one of the, here's the good news about August on the saltwater side. You know what it tells me? It tells me that NFL training camps are open and that the sooner we get to the NFL season, that means, that means we're into fall and fishing gets really good again. <laughs> does, does that make sense? That's what I say. When you get through half of August, you're getting closer to fall. And when that first little, little hint of humidity lifts, Everybody bolts to the outdoors. Uh, yes, that's that's yes. the way I feel about the bass fishing. Also, that's it's exactly how phenomenal it is. top water bites going on, and uh, they start getting on hard baits more than they would, uh, you know, live bait. It really gets to be uh, fun for all of us to go uh, saltwater fishing. Also, but yeah, man, I I greatly appreciate your time too, Mike. Thanks for everything you've done. Uh, thanks for uh, building me up, making me feel like Superman. Uh, I. Uh, I uh, am grateful to be on the show, and, and, and I look forward to, to doing it again soon and, and working with you in the future with uh, with our youth, our fresh and our salt water. We've got a lot of lot of insight on some – the future is uh, – what I guess I'm saying is the future is super bright for, uh, for kids that want to get into fishing, for the youth that want, or even adults that don't know much about it, um, you know, the – the clinics that we're going to be working on in the future and some of the people that are sponsoring and supporting our our uh, our events, it's going to be cool. And I, I don't want it to be just fresh water. I want to mix it up in fresh and salt water and let the world know that uh, Florida is probably the best area in the whole country to come and catch a bass one day and also a snook, a redfish, a, a mackerel, a grip or anything. Yeah, no doubt. Tarpon. Yep. In Silver King, and do it all in one day down here. And uh, once again, thanks for your time, and thanks for being so kind, and all the uh, all the support that you bring and in, in, in your show. And I uh, I'm ready to get. I wish I was at the Red Crest right now because I feel like I could win it tomorrow <laughs> if I if I had to fish, man. 
I think you can win it, my friend. I think you probably will win it, and then I'll take some of the credit for it, just so you know. And if you know, I'll just be like, well, it's because he was on the podcast. That's why he won that thing. So, <laughs> but listen, hey, I, I we'll do that. We'll have another podcast when I win it. We can, uh, we'll have another title there. I like it. I like it. Listen, one of my very favorite people in the entire fishing business, Bobby Lane. Uh, definitely one of the favorite guys I've met here in the last couple of years. I appreciate appreciate you being a part of real animals nation good luck uh in your tournaments coming up and we'll talk soon and i will definitely see you at the bobby lane cup coming up december 7th we'll have all kinds of information all over the real animals platforms about it to be able to come out and see me and get some real animals goodies all that stuff bobby lane have a great day my friend thank you for your time brother we appreciate you you do the same mike thank you guys and thank everyone for uh tuning in and and listening to uh two guys that truly enjoy uh what God has created, and that's some wonderful water for us to fish. Thank you, my brother. Have a great one. Hey, gang, hope you enjoyed that podcast with my good friend Bobby Lane. Again, absolutely an incredible angler. I know you could kind of hear uh, his passion for the sport. You know, those guys work so hard to uh, to get where they are at the top of such a competitive field and there's just no way you could do it if uh, if you weren't crazy crazy about fishing and you can hear the passion in his voice. I love the fact that Bobby's just such a great family man with his uh, Bobby Lane uh, cup and things he does for kids in the community, all that stuff. Just absolutely a fantastic podcast. Big thank you out to Bobby, uh, his family for letting us take some of his home time away from them. That was really, really awesome. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. Remember the Real Animals podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and ritampabay.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you've got any suggestions on people you'd like to have us do podcasts with, you can reach out to us on our social media outlets uh, on Facebook at Facebook slash Real Animal, on Instagram at Real Animals TV, and on Twitter at Real Animals Fish. Remember the Real Animals podcasts are presented by Contender Boats. If you're looking for That boat of a lifetime, you want to build that dream boat, custom built. Nobody does it better than contender boats. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy, radio personalities like Ian Beckles and DJ Eakin, news and political pundits like Vincent Hill, and independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry, pro wrestling personality David Penzer, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crochelle. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.